0: I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio is Wendy Scott, the Development and Marketing Manager for Delaware Wildlands. Welcome, Wendy.
1: Thank you, Paul.
0: So glad to have you here to talk about, uh, I think, a really exciting event coming up, the third annual Bald Cypress Bluegrass Festival, but also to talk about uh, Delaware's wildlands and, and sort of the role your organization plays in, in preservation and ecology and, in, and the environment here in Delaware. Uh, let's, let's start with that, Delaware Wildlands, uh, an organization that may be familiar to some of our listeners, but may not be.
1: Well, Delaware Wildlands is one of the. It is the oldest and largest conservation organization in Delaware. We were founded in 1961, and we now um, own and manage more than 21,000 acres throughout the state of Delaware, and all three counties. Significant uh, holdings in all three counties, and we. Our our mission is is really about protecting the. Um, the clean air, pure water, wildlife habitat, and also the traditional uses of the lands that, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Delaware's culture and, and history as well.
0: Now, what is the the 21,000, did you say, mm-hmm. uh, acres? Uh, that's parceled out in different properties throughout the state. Is that correct? And if so, what what's kind of the range of the types of properties?
1: So... Um, So in most of our lands, we we really focus on trying to be strategic about the lands that we own. So Mm -hmm. most of our lands are either uh, when we we purchase new lands, they are uh, um, contiguous to lands that we already own so that we're expanding that habitat, or they are strategic lands that maybe are lands that bridge to other properties that are protected by the state or other partners. So for instance, in Kent County, Milford Neck, which is a 10,000-acre um, contiguous area that we manage jointly with um, the state of Delaware and with the Nature Conservancy, but it includes nine miles of pristine beaches, completely undeveloped, and marshes and coastal forest, as well as some agriculture. So it, it's one of these things where you've got this... Um, You can be whizzing down Route 1 and not realize that just a little bit to the east is this place where suddenly it is completely undeveloped, you won't have any cell phone coverage, there are no street lights, Um, you really are in a wild place in Delaware. And so here we are, uh, we're recording this in the spring and we're getting ready for the horseshoe crab migration. Uh, the the shorebird migration, the horseshoe crab spawning that's going to happen on those beaches. And those beaches at, at Milford Neck are some of the most important beaches on the planet for um, this um, um, for horseshoe crabs and for this amazing uh, uh, place where. The, the shorebirds are arriving from South America, hungry and tired and looking for food and the horseshoe crabs are laying their eggs on the beach at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, these two species that completely depend on each other. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing that we have that right here in Delaware.
0: And I seem to recall that Delaware is noted for its piping plovers. Is that correct? Um, Aren't they one of a, the shorebirds? A, yes.
1: That, no. um, a lot of, one of the, the, the sort of poster child for the shorebirds is often the red knot, okay. which is this mm-hmm. little teeny tiny bird that comes from Tierra del Fuego Mm. in the wintertime and flies 6,000 miles to get here. And um, by the time they get here, they're really uh, emaciated and exhausted. And when they arrive, the beaches are covered with these little tiny green eggs from the horseshoe crabs Mm -hmm. that are high protein and high fat foods that they can bulk up on because they're going to fly all the way to the Arctic to lay their eggs. Wow. Wow. They're just little, little birds.
0: It's amazing. Now, uh, Delaware Wildlands has been around since the early 60s, so it's almost 60 years old as an organization. Um, How has has its work changed or uh, evolved over time based on the various pressures that Delaware's wildlands face?
1: Well, one of the things that has stayed consistent with Delaware Wildlands, and and I think sets us apart from a lot of other conservation organizations, is that um, even from the early days, our founders, um, Ted Harvey uh, was our founder, and and you may still know his name from places like the Ted Harvey Conservation Area. Um, He's really a a leader and amazing person in Delaware's history, as well as our organizational history. But- Part of the the early founders, the folks who, who came together in the early days, decided that the best way to protect land would be to purchase it. So um, some other conservation organizations use a lot of other strategies, conservation easements, and um, agreements with local partners, and and those are those are important strategies. But they what we like about purchasing the land is that it really allows us to do long term management and really thinking about how we want to, re- we do a lot of restoration, habitat restoration on our properties. Um, we still, as I mentioned, do a lot of traditional use on our lands. So we do farming, we have hunting, we have um, sustainable forestry, um, trapping, those types of things that, that support the local economy of the communities as well as um, we, we are able then to work with the folks that are Continuing those uses on our lands and be able to manage how those are done, so they're done in a sustainable way.
0: Uh, that's interesting. So it's not like these twenty-one thousand acres are are lying laying idle; they're actually being used in some. Uh, yes, some yeah,
1: absolutely in
0: some cases.
1: And and so these these lands are privately owned, so they're mm-hmm. not open to the public. We don't maintain trails. Um, we're not a park, mm-hmm. but the lands are still very much part of the local communities and so we are it allows us for instance with with our hunters we have uh, hunters that that help us manage the land we are also managing things like managing the deer herd Mm -hmm. so that we can have a sustainable level of deer on the property on on the lands but also make sure that they're not getting out of balance and creating Issues with the ecology and with overbrows, or um, but there's still good hunting on the property. It's Mm -hmm. it's sort of like figuring out what that balance needs to be.
0: Right now, does Delaware Wildlands get involved in in some of the current issues we read about, uh, such as offshore drilling, offshore windmills, uh, fertilizer runoff from the agricultural community?
1: So we don't. We don't. We're not an advocacy. Organization. Okay. We really are focused on land protection, land management, conservation, restoration. Um, however, historically, our, the work that we have done has actually had a really important role. Mm-hmm. So, when one of the one of the early things that galvanized the folks around founding Delaware Wildlands in the very early days was the fact that Shell Oil was planning on building a major refinery right on the coast. And um, the folks in Delaware Wildlands, the, the, our founders, were concerned that this was really going to dramatically change um, the the landscape and the ecology. Mm-hmm. And they um, started purchasing small parcels within the area that Shell had their eye on to build that refinery to the point that they sort of made swiss cheese of their plan mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was a long drawn out fight um eventually shell oil pulled out um but that was um, years of of fighting in the courts mm-hmm. and um then the at that time governor peterson russell peterson mm-hmm. realized that this was only going to be the first of many fights, and so he turned to Ted Harvey and and the folks at Delaware Wildlands and said, um, "I'm going to need you to help me put together uh, the Coastal Zone Act." Mm-hmm. So that's what Delaware Wildlands was very much instrumental in in helping uh, establish the Coastal Zone Act, which now is one of those things that has made the the coast the coastline of Delaware one of the most beautiful places along the entire Eastern Seaboard.
0: And actually has had an impact on coastlines on both the Atlantic and the Pacific. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Because, because the Federal uh, Coastal Zone Act was written after Delaware's.
0: Mm-hmm. hmm Interesting. So um, Delaware Wildlands continues to acquire property?
1: We do. Okay. We do. Um, sometimes it's donated to us. We just had um, a family down in Sussex County that, that – donated 160 acres that was contiguous to our land in the Great Cypress Swamp, expanding that. Um, we um, in Newcastle County we um, it's about uh, two years ago now we we purchased a, um, a tr- almost uh, 1,250 acre farm uh, right near the Taylor's Bridge area and mm-hmm. there's, there's not a lot of farmland, large blocks of farmland left in Newcastle County so that was something we had had our eye on for more than 20 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> sort okay. of working, building the relationship with the family and, and trying to figure out how we were going to put the funding together for that. So that was something that was a, a major celebration. Um, and it allowed us, again, it was very, not only was it an important parcel to protect right along the the Blackbird Creek, Apiquinomic River area, um, but it was also something that was strategic when you it was 1250 acres in in one purchase but it was also a puzzle piece within a larger 10,000 acre mm-hmm. contiguous area mm-hmm. of of land that is owned by Delaware Wildlands and owned by the state so from a bird's eye view literally it's just created just this amazing uh Protected area of 10,000 acres that's okay. permanently protected in, in an area that's the fast, one of the fastest growing areas in the state.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. Now, now I want to turn to the Bald Cypress Swamp and the upcoming Bluegrass Festival. But first, remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest today in the studio is Wendy Scott, the Development and Marketing Manager for Delaware Wildlands. Wendy, tell us a little bit about Bald Cypress Swamp, a land feature in Delaware that I suspect their Delawareans don't even know exists.
1: So the Great Cypress Swamp is is really quite an amazing landscape. It at one time um, we, we think that there were probably dinosaurs who roamed through the area a long time ago, um, and it was as big as 60,000 acres on the Delmarva Peninsula. Um, it's much smaller now with development and drainage for agriculture and things like that. But um, the it, it's the, the northernmost cypress swamp folks may be familiar of other larger cypress swamps in places like north carolina and virginia but this is the most northern of this type of habitat and it really does feel like the deep south when you go in there mm-hmm. um the the cypress trees with their knees sticking out of the water and um that sort of thing but delaware wildlands over the last um 50 years has very carefully put together the majority of what's left of this habitat and we own um, 10,600 contiguous acres of the Great Cypress mm-hmm. Swamp, and it, when you fly over it, I mean, it just it's forest and treetops as far mm-hmm. as the eye can see in all directions. Which again is not what people think about when they think about Sussex County. Mm-hmm. Um, it sits right on the Delaware Maryland line. And in fact we have some acreage into Maryland. It sort of straddles the state line there, right right in the middle of the bottom edge of Sussex County. And um, our Bald Cypress Bluegrass Festival is one of the ways that we want to bring people to this place where they can have a destination, have a fun day where they're having some great music and a fun festival with food trucks and um, craft vendors and games. And during the festival, we also run looping bus tours through the forest. So you get a chance to actually experience, you know, kind of have a guided tour through the forest and then come back and listen to some more music.
0: hmm that's great. Now this is the third annual it is. Uh, Bluegrass Festival. Um, tell us a little bit about how the program has evolved over uh, the last uh, couple of years, and sort of what was the the original brainchild behind this.
1: Well, we have some people on our staff who are really hardcore bluegrass fans, mm-hmm. and bluegrass is something that is kind of a traditional music, and you know, comes out of the culture of um, the Southern Delmarva. So it's one of those things where we felt like it was an interesting way for us to sort of respect the the cultural history of Delaware and also create an event that people would come to see um, come and see something that isn't normally open to the public because um, our lands are privately owned and we don't have trails through them but we do want to have people have an appreciation of what's so special in this amazing place. Um, one of the things that's, that's so important about the Great Cypress Swamp is that it's, that because of where it's located, in right smack in the middle of the Delmarva Peninsula, the headwaters that flow out of there flow both to the Chesapeake Bay and to the Delaware Bay. Mm, okay. So it's, as the waters are filtered, um, it's like this giant sponge that, that filters water that then flows in both directions, creating healthy, quality water. Um, which is such an important issue for for both of our bays and for both of the communities um, that that are along those tributaries that flow into the bays.
0: As you just mentioned, uh, a very important reason for preserving wetlands, and that is that whole filtration system, right? Uh, that c- could you speak to that and and what we see happening in the Delmarva Peninsula related to the wetlands?
1: So um, one of the things that we've done at at the Great Cypress Swamp, we've—it's it, also the location of our largest wetlands restoration project. We—we are—we've been doing some over the last few years, doing major um, wetlands restoration where we are allowing the the cypress swamp to start to acquire to accumulate water and to filter water again. When we first purchased it, it was pretty dry and dusty, mm. and had been thoroughly drained. And we have been um, pr- allowing the, the drainage. Uh, ditches actually controlling putting in water control structures in some of the ditches so we can hold the water back Mm. and when there are really big storms um, it it allows us to prevent water flowing out of the swamp that might be causing flooding downstream Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we're actually allowing that to to hold in and at the same time the the animals and the wildlife are rediscovering the swamp and are just um, thriving, there are species there that are thriving that you don't see in other places anymore that mm-hmm. used to be more prevalent in other parts of the state or other parts of the Delmarva.
0: What, what are some of the wildlife that are kind of unique to the wetlands?
1: Um, well, we have this time of year, there is just this tremendous frog chorus with just mm-hmm. a lot of amphibian life. Mm-hmm. They are some rare species. Um, the the red headed woodpecker for the birders, mm-hmm. um, the, a lot of places red headed woodpeckers are in decline, and we are actually seeing them increase. Hmm. So they're finding that to be a really happy place. We, are, we, do as, um, we do sustainable forestry in the forest, but at the same time, we're also planting trees. So since 2011, we have planted more than 200,000 trees. Wow.
0: wow.
1: And that just kind of gives you an idea of the scale of, mm-hmm. of the, what we're talking about.
0: Which helps with Delaware's air quality as absolutely. well. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Great. Well, let's let's turn back to the festival. Some sure. details on who some of the performers are. You've got quite a lineup this year.
1: Yeah, we are v- we're very excited <clears throat> about our lineup this year. Um, our headliner is Johnny Stats and the Delivery Boys, and they are a band from West Virginia that has a national reputation. Um, they've been on. Um, the Delaware, uh, NBC's Today show, CBS Evening News. Um, they've been on Mountain Stage, which is, which is an NPR show. They, they frequently perform at the Grand Old Opry. They're, they really have a national reputation. Mm-hmm. So, um, we're we're really excited about them. Um, if you just Google Johnny Stats and and listen to him, he he's been a national champion both mandolin and guitar player. Hmm. So he's he's got some amazing hands. Um, he also is that one of the things that's fun about johnny stats is that he is by his day job he, he doesn't give up his day job his day job is a uh, ups delivery man
0: oh, how about that and uh.
1: he really that's he he and some of the guys in his band are all work for ups and yeah. practice um um on in the evenings on the weekends and mm-hmm. that sort of thing and he he just he loves having he loves the the interaction with with his community that way and he also is a very um talented musician mm-hmm. and then the uh, we also have a uh, new and we have a band it's kind of a uh local all-stars called new and spare fools and folks who are bluegrass fans in the area would know mickey justice and todd smith of such fools or um uh, John Simmons and Martin Wirtz of New and Used Bluegrass and West Parks of No Spare Time. These are all local bands mm-hmm. that, that people know, and these guys are friends of each other. They come together. Um, not sure how, how many other places than our festival they play, but, <clears throat> but they have uh, come back more than once mm-hmm. and just kind of created this really mm-hmm. fun band. Um, Acoustic Turnpike is a band that a lot of folks up in northern Delaware and southern New Jersey know. Um, they are active with the Brandywine Friends of Old Time Music, and um, the, that's the organization that hosts the Delaware Valley Bluegrass Festival mm-hmm. in Salem mm-hmm. County. Right. So that's something that folks would be familiar with. Flatland Drive, they're a uh, festival favorite. They, this is our third annual festival, and they're the one band that has played all three years. They, mm-hmm. They're really, our, our fans really love them. And uh, a new band this year um, is called Mountain Ride, which comes from uh, South Central Pennsylvania and they are a uh, younger group, younger, younger folks who are sort of that next generation of bluegrass. And they have a really fun, energetic style. We're, we're definitely looking forward to having them. They were just at the uh, Wilmington Wintergrass Festival okay, as well. Okay, great. So great. some folks may have gotten a little preview, but then they're going to have a chance to see them um, really break out down at, the, down at the swamp on May 19th.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is it's an amazing lineup. And then you you mentioned earlier that you're going to have a variety of food trucks there available. Um, I'm looking at a printout here stump the plant expert what what is what is that
1: so um we are going to have one of our new things this year we're going to have a native plant sale okay there's there's a garden center just over the line in maryland called how sweet it is and they are um sending some native plants and so folks will have a chance with to get their spring gardening going with some native plants but um there is a a guy named Richard Davis who's a nationally known plant expert that's connected with how sweet it is and he said tell them to bring their their hardest plant questions Mm -hmm. and I'll give them free advice so it's another way for (laughs) you, you not only can you look at some beautiful plants and maybe take something home for the garden but if you've got some kind of question Richard is the guy he will be able to answer for you.
0: That's great. So the third annual Bald Cypress Bluegrass Festival, it's going to be held on May 19th, uh, and I understand from noon to 6 yes. p.m. We have about uh, half a minute left, so details on where it is and how people can find out more information
1: um, about So the easiest way is just to go to the Delaware Wildlands website, dewildlands.org, and we have tickets and more information available. The the, if people buy their tickets before the 5th of May, they're only $25. Uh, that's the early bird price, so it's a really good deal. Um, and the festival is down in uh, south-central Sussex County, so for depending on where, where folks are coming from. But it's May 19th from 12 to 6. We hope to see you there.
0: Great. Wendy, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Paul.